everybody. Welcome to another week of Friends Talking Nerdy. This is Tim Jalsma, and with me I have the holiest of holies. I have the Reverend Tracy. How are you doing? I am doing pretty great. It's day 11th billion of March, <laughs> and because uh, I'm still in March. I don't know about you. I haven't progressed much since March when I first went into this time capsule that is my house. Oh, but man. uh no, no, I'm doing pretty okay. How about you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Just uh, hanging out at home. But uh, before we begin, we do want to um, bring up some rather monumental news, Um, something that we can't ignore, something that everybody is talking about right now. And that's Tracy getting the rocket book. You got the rocket book. Tell folks about it. I got it for those of us i'm holding up the front i got the teal actually matches my shirt today hilarious um (laughs) so i got the panda book one specifically and there are different ones of the rocket book so this actually started off because my husband um he is an engineering student he has been also one of the many that had to suddenly transition to being a remote student like that's just his life now and um you know looking up what our options are and i Like, I've had a bullet journal. I joked with you talking about goals. I've had a bullet journal that has sat mostly empty for the three years that I have owned it. Like, there's been a few (laughs) things. Like, I started, one date wound up in there, which is really an awkward date that I might have to share that story with you off air. But the one date that wound up in there was, like, this really awkward meeting I had to do, like, very early on into dating my husband. So, like, (laughs) that's, that's as far as I got. And, um, (laughs) you know, so I wanted to find something that was a little bit more guided You know, I had a lot of that structure back when I worked in the tech industry because there's a lot of that smart goal stuff that came in. And so I just feel like it was easier for me to implement those things and keep my life very structured back when I worked there. So in looking for stuff, um, he came across uh, basically looking for stuff that was easier to get online. You know, because we're tactile people. He and I both like writing and taking notes. Like, we are sticky note maniacs. Like, we are both that way. It's been in every job, and it's even here. Like, there's sticky notes fucking everywhere. Like, we would drive OCD people nuts, probably. (laughs) But uh, it's been a common theme. And so, but you also realize, like, how wasteful that is and how often, like, shit just gets thrown away or it wasn't really important enough or it gets lost just because the nature of how small it is, things like that. So. Mm -hmm. For different reasons, he and I had, like, a real interest in moving to something that was a little bit more digital. But we just really liked writing stuff. So that's where we came across the Rocket books. And it's really kind of nice because he's got a smattering of them. Like, we were totally just a poster child for, like, the the people you could talk about. It's like, oh, we got all of these kids. Like, he got the Fusion, and then he got another one that's a little bit more grid because he's an engineering student. So he has to do, like, a lot of graphs and stuff like that. And then what's awesome about this is you can use the app to scan it, and it does, like, this smart find on the page where it'll tilt it, and it makes it, like, a straight piece of paper. So he's effectively able to scan what is his homework with his phone, and it makes a nice, clean PDF that he can send. Nice. So that's where this started, was finding it for that interest. And then we learned that they had this Panda Planner thing. And the Panda Planner's been around for a minute. And it is, uh, like, there's all sorts of dump pages and stuff on here, but it kind of walks you through setting goals for either the quarter or the year. And uh, the coolest thing about the Rocket Books is that they're reusable. Um, they started off with the Wave, which was really popular. And you would take the book and just throw it in the microwave with, like, a cup of water and put it on for however many seconds, and then it would clear the book. 
And they were very clear that these are not those books. Please don't do that to these books. These, okay. <laughs> <laughs> these are not meant for the microwave. But what's nice is like you can spritz it with water and use a microfiber towel, and then it's perfectly clean again. Oh, man. So, yeah, like I've got all these. And this is like the kind of shit that I'm always like scared to fill out because once you do it, it's done, and you can't undo it. And I'm so like – uh, I get to that level where that's my <laughs> literal writing block is I don't know what to put on the paper because I'm afraid I'm going to want to erase it. Right. <laughs> and now I can do that because the pens are erasable. You can wipe the whole sheet. You can use the back of the pen. The little friction part of it is that it is erasable. Um, and so it's got like goal setting, obstacles where you can roadmap shit. And uh, what's also great is it takes you through like morning routines. Like uh, there's the list, three grateful things. There's, you know, three things you're excited about. You can have a focus for the day. What are you doing for exercise? And so this is the one that wound up being right up my alley. Right. Uh, it's got like a whole week thing. Like, yeah, I've been, I've been in this since I got it Monday night. Like it was the one thing I was looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to go shopping because I'm still on that routine of going shopping at the beginning of the month. Um, just because I'm higher risk and we're still just trying to do our part with staying in and keeping grocery stores clear. Um, but this was all I've thought about the entire time I was shopping because I knew it was going to be here. And uh, lately I have also started making my own because it's got blanks in the back where you can build your own templates if you want or just have free pages. <laughs> so, well, it is. It's neat because once you lock in like a template, if you really like it, you can draw it in Sharpie and then you can do the same thing where you can spritz it with water. It'll clear all of your friction pen writing off and you have your own base template there. So that is what I have been totally – nerding the fuck out about i totally get where aubrey uh where professor aubrey is interested in this and like i will totally chat with her about it till she's blue in the face um yeah. so hopefully that wasn't too discombobulated i am excited about it jared my husband really likes his too um and we actually got a really cool deal where they asked him to do some kind of little mission because you know everything has an app now with little missions and that teaches you how to use like more complicated tools, right? Right. So he finished one of the missions, and one of the things you can get are these little corners that help turn any whiteboard into a smart board for it. So you put the little beacons on each corner, and then you can do that same thing where you can take a picture of a whiteboard from the angles, and it uses that technology to help shore it up. Oh. So even if you take a picture from the side, it looks like it's a straight-on picture. Yeah. Um, so he, I guess, is getting us some of those for free, at the low, low price of us doing some reviews. Um, so we're going to try that out because we have a whiteboard. Uh, it's Overall, it's a really cool line of products for anybody looking, you know, either for if it's just a notebook. They even have like a small, like a little tiny, like palm size, like the little flip notebook size. And uh, there was a guy that we saw that he was big into golfing, for example. And he's one of the ones like, yeah, then you could take a Sharpie. And now it's like, this is just my, I'm keeping par on this page. So I love the customizability of it all um and then there's also like i think it's funny when people go on the panda planner and they review it saying there's just a lot of templates in here and i'm like well that's kind of what you're buying that was the whole panda thing was they took a bunch of science and a bunch of stuff that works around goal settings like some of the stuff that i talked about last time and they built a, a templated journal for you. And you can either pay for the paper one and get a new one every three months for $35. Or for the low price of $35, you can get the Rocketbook one. And then you can also just, if you want to keep it, you can just like scan it and put it on your Google Drive. It's pretty cool like that. So that nice. is my full pitch 
for the rocket book. I think they're great. I'm excited. You guys might see me nerding out more about it on our Facebook page, especially as I start getting into my hiking nerding out because we're training. Like I mentioned, 2021, I want to get back up on the mountain. And a lot of that shit happens when you do goal setting. So there we go. I might, I might share that, you know, share some <laughs> of the, the love and the wealth. And who knows, maybe we'll get a, a backslash friends talking nerdy if we ever <laughs> become a grown up podcast and have sponsors. One of me yeah. or a, or a rocket book <laughs> yeah hopefully i mean there is i forgot to bring it up there is a a, a company out there called podcorn uh that podcast can um like potentially reach out to potential advertisers and i've done that not heard anywhere back as of yet but um it's certainly possible that uh we we could be doing official um advertising on the show what you just heard was not an advertisement oh no this is this is legit i found well actually my my husband my partner found a product and we got it this week and just legit nerding out and i loved it so much i wanted to bring it to our nerddom and just share like anybody else that's looking uh for you know like i said there's there's as templated or untemplated as you want some of them are dot pages some of them are line pages some of them are like hey what did you meditate about today like uh, <laughs> there's levels i i appreciate that broad level and if you're a bullet journaler then you're looking for a way to not have to keep your bullet journal over and over and not have to keep making the same pages dude you already have a template built in your bullet journal and you could easily put that over to this and then you've got a reusable thing and if you like to keep it, you still can. It's just, you know, we have it where it's scanned and then it goes to your Google Drive or whatever. Right. So just there's I love it. I've been so impressed with it. And I'm, I'm happy that I found that blend because I was worried that it would feel weird to write with or that just for whatever reason, I wouldn't love it. But I've been addicted to it. Like just I want to spend that time in the morning thinking about my day now, which is awesome and a really good way to be productive in general. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, as, as as you know, stuff like that is not for me. <laughs> not really the list type of person, um, but it, it is. It it yeah, it definitely does sound nice though. Being able to have all of those options to where the people that um, are heavy into lists, because there are people that you know are, are that will literally like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this today, and that you know they will make sure everything is done at the time they allotted uh, to to do, yes. and you know, so it's nice to have something for people like that and something that you know for people that may not necessarily need all of the you know all the tricks and whistles and whatever you know yeah and i i love that you can use it kind of as much and as little like you don't have to fill out every part but there is a lot of science behind the gratefulness practice of listing those three things you're grateful for um there's also like an evening routine of like what were my wins today and how am i going to make tomorrow better um, there's like weekly stuff in there that covers like, Hey, what am I going to do this week to improve like relationships or improve my health? Like, so, but you don't have to use all the pages and that's, what's kind of great about it. But if you want something to help guide you into that, like if you want to be that kind of person that does those gratefulness practices that, you know, you're looking for that kind of guidance, the Panda Planner, either the paper one, I am a big proponent of the Rocket Book one just because of paper waste. And, like, what do you do with that shit? Like, what do you do with these old-ass journals that you've, like, oh, well, I had a dentist appointment at 2, and then at 3 o'clock I had a poop and thought deeply about this one thing I heard on this podcast I listened to. Like, nobody needs that. I don't need to save that on a shelf. I, I'd much rather just be in Google Drive where I can pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Unless I just go on there and be like, oh, okay, well, that was the day I listened to that Jack Cornfield podcast, and I guess I thought about it on the toilet. Well, but... if you, <laughs> well, if you think about it, I mean, hearing, uh, I mean, like reading biographies on like uh, politicians from yesteryear and whatnot, like Nixon, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, Abe Lincoln, I believe, um, you know, commonly had journals that they wrote in every single night. Um, like Richard Nixon, yeah. for instance, you know, had um, wrote journals every single night, and that he ended up using, utilizing a lot of the journal notes to help with uh, his memoirs that he published um, <laughs> right right after uh, he he. Re- resigned from the presidency but um the people used to do that a lot more in terms of you know detailing uh the events of their day and i think that is a lost art in some way um to, to your point not that we need to have it memorialized for all of time um that you know you went and got you know your prescriptions at the store <laughs> three three years ago or something like that but right. um I, I think people do need to consider you know just write about your day more if only to you know have something as like a because i like i wrote i you know me personally i have written my life story i don't ever really plan to publish it unless i get you know super rich and famous and i can make some great money off of it but um the fact that uh, uh thanks to <laughs> i got distracted on skype here the big heart emoji came oh out. i know i was like what the heck i accidentally hit react so sorry folks okay. I, I distracted the tim by accidentally hitting a stray heart button <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, she knows it's easy to do that. Let her break color. What? No. Um, <laughs> but um, it's people don't really take that time to really continue on with the the oral tr- the the tradition of you know detailing their life. You know, like Alex Haley with Roots. Um, you know, the, the obviously other things went on in that story, but one thing that I, I love about what he was able to do with that is to be, to be able to, to because there was the tradition of you know talking about you know what happened in your life he was able to go back and um for the most part i mean there is he did get some information in other ways but um was able to get the the his family history uh you know and release it to the world and whatnot so yeah yeah, right you know it's Right. Well, and there's there's also like there's articles on this like where they've uh, talked about where it helps with memory, like uh, especially people, you know, I fall into the demographic of somebody who's like dealt with like the complex trauma because that's like it's uh, the the over time and then some of the complications after. So it's considered complex. And something that happens a lot of time with complex trauma survivors is they have a really hard time with timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, but starting to journal in the now can even help reconnect some of putting together your timeline in general. Um, so it is something that I'm interested in practicing, like for that reason, but it, it does help people memorize, like remember in general, like more of what happened. It's like, there is that one second a day thing where you took a one second video clip of you doing something during a day. And then at the end of the year, you've got this 365 second clip and it like people were remembering their years better with that silly little social thing. It's like, geez, see, that's something that I could get behind doing like the one second clip. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and being somebody that's like struggled with remembering some of my timeline, I could definitely see like there being a big perk to that. Like, even if everything else is lost in, in the past, like at least you could try to journal and keep yourself on tabs. And, uh, you've got that record, right? Because if you learn more about how memory works, like you'd be surprised by stuff you've written on your own. 
that years later you're reading it and it's like, dude, I remembered that happening a totally different way. It can almost <laughs> be humbling to discover how memory works yeah. uh, when you go back and read a journal. So there's a lot of perks to keeping it. And then you can also embrace the impermanence. Like that was the other part with the rocket books. Like you don't have to scan it if you don't want to. You could just like, hey, once a week, I'm just ditching this shit. Yeah. Uh, it kept me on track for a week and a half and now I'm ready to move on. Now, one thing that we're not going to be forgetting anytime soon is what happened yesterday. Uh, yesterday, when we recorded this, was Wednesday, January 6th, and the <laughs> the Congress of the United States was attacked by insurrectionists that were directed by the President of the United States. Never, ever, ever thought I would see anything like that. Yeah. When did you when did you first hear about it? Yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll be we'll do the whole where was I when, and then <laughs> I figure because we wound up talking about it together pretty quick, like going back and forth about this, probably because we knew we'd end up talking about it. But mine, yeah, yeah. I was in the kitchen, got a text message from one of my good friends with just like a screenshot of some news feed saying like ah capital, and I went what the fuck, and so I had my laptop downstairs because I had been doing some work. Um, earlier in the day. So I was like, I'm just going to turn this on. And uh, I pretty much was talking to you about it, I think, at that point even, because you had mentioned, like, the whole shots fired thing. I was like, well, I'm watching the BBC, and they tend to be really careful. Like, they want to confirm stuff before. Um, they they say it, you know. So that's why I like to listen to them. They're a little bit more slow to release, but it's okay, because I'd rather them be sure about what they're saying than the yeah. very reactionary uh, news outlets that I feel our American news media has gone more towards. <clears throat> yeah. So that being said, I was a little delayed. But yeah, I, I messaged you, so you had already known about it, and I told you I had the BBC up, because that was where you had said they said shots were fired, and I hadn't heard any of that yet. But what was interesting was watching the live feed. I remember we were watching this very polite, you know, woman covering this everything that's going on. And then this guy comes out and like, they just shot a lady in the neck and she's dead. Um, and I was like, okay. So I'm assuming that's actually the veteran, which I, I'm sure we'll get into kind of what came yeah. out at the end of it. But there was a lot of cluster and information in a very short amount of time as this unfolded. And, uh, yeah, so that was kind of where I was when I found out, and I kind of had it up. My my husband was in class, and I try not to, like, disrupt him during class with things that's going to distract him from, I don't know, learning how to be his profession. Mm -hmm. So uh, he comes down, and he knows shit's real when I've got the news just playing. And I was like, hey, there's a situation unfolding, so I've got the BBC up. So just to catch you up, uh, there's been shots fired, I guess, at the Capitol and they're trying to, like, break in where they're trying to confirm um, President Biden, President-elect Biden, uh, confirming the Electoral College votes. And, of course, there was a lot of upset, I guess, probably revolving around what happened in Georgia, which is another thing that's worth talking about, too, um, right. because it's really interesting uh, how that panned out. But that was still in the process of panning out when this all went down. Yeah, yeah. Um... 
I, I mean, Aubrey and I, uh, the professor and I, were up the night before kind of watching uh, some of the results come in from Georgia. Um, and I, I, I knew that because, uh, yes, because uh, Wednesday the 6th, uh, uh, when, when this happened, there was a big gathering, um, you know, I, I guess near the White House and, and the president ended up, uh, was going to speak at that. And um, I, 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 I was hoping... Uh, the thing is, like people, a lot of people have expressed, uh, uh, you know, online, and the people, I, I, some people I've spoken with have expressed it as well in terms of, you keep wanting to tell yourself it can't be that bad, it can't be that bad, you know, and and it just got worse. And you know, when when he made that comment of let's walk over to the Capitol, I was like, no, no. And then, because um, the, I, I I was watching the news when it first happened, and they did have uh, some initial shots, uh, live shots of when the first rush to the Capitol capital occurred and and um the professor was on a call uh at work uh, a video call and i was uh, in the bedroom watching the tv in there and, and it was tough because i really wanted to be, like scream like oh my god they're you know uh, they're they're attacking the capital but you know i had to be professional because uh, you know she was at work and whatnot but um just just seeing everything go down was insane but more than anything it, it just made me so pissed because it did not have to get to this point. At- right. And then what's funny to me is I feel like, see, I'm using a feel statement so I don't claim that I know, <laughs> but I feel like these are the people who made fun of people like me four years ago who took place in the Women's March. People like me four years ago who were upset because he lost by such an incredible popular vote margin that we actually had a severe disagreement with how the electoral college was voting. So I feel like these are the kind of people that said that we were having a tantrum and to shut up and just accept what happened. That's what I feel like. I can't honestly say that because I have never spoken with any of these people, but it's kind of hard to not check this against like the reality of like the power of self bias of like, really, now that it's your turn to sit down and just deal with how it works, if you don't like how our government works, you can move. Now that it's shoe on other foot, you're not handling it. And not only are you not handling it, you are legitimately taking guns to a place where people are just trying to do their fucking job and you are harassing them to the point where they have to lock it down. You're harassing them to the point that guns had to be drawn to keep people – because. It wasn't a secret that people weren't armed. Like, I know I wasn't there from the beginning. Like, I I wasn't listening to the president's speech that led to this. Um, You know, I came in kind of late to the show as far as that respect goes. But, like, it was charged. They were very open about being armed. Uh, Yeah, and and I'm sure not everybody in the crowd is, like, that despicable person who is looking, you know, to cause trouble. I'm not going to call them the deplorables. I'm not going to make the mistakes that other people who are bigger than me have made. Like, I don't think everybody that disagrees with how the election went out is a horrible, shitty person. However, the guy that was holding the flag of Trump's head, like, superimposed on Rambo's body, he's probably a little off his rocker. And I tell you, if you look, it's there. I saw it. It was a huge flag, and it was Rambo body with Trump's stupid face on it. I and know I what you're talking wait about. I, I, until yeah. this dude is no longer in that office, like yeah, because those of us that were legitimately concerned about this happening were told that we were being silly. 
we were told that he would be a proper businessman. We were told that he was going <laughs> to, we were told that he was going to hire people. Like this is from him, by the way, people. This hire is the him. best people. The best the people. Best people but I hire the best people. They're <laughs> going to be beautiful. They're going to tell me everything I don't know how to do. And I'm going to listen to them because I'm a respectable businessman with tiny hands. So that's what he said he was going to do. And that was what was supposed to make people like me feel okay with it. You know, the people who are like, hey, there's a checks and balance system. So, like, really all of this hubbub of everybody going crazy is not necessary. Like, yeah, there's a lot of significant change that can happen under any blue wave or red wave. But overall, there's checks and balances. You also have that kind of mutually assured destruction that if during the blue wave, like, no, it's not going to go all crazy socialist. I'm sorry. Nothing like that would pass. It wouldn't stand. Um, and then you still have to have these relationships like across the board. So I wish people would stop being so crazy worried about like that. But I don't know. This president kind of proved that it does kind of matter. Like I, I used to kind of be of that stance that maybe it didn't matter because of all this checks and balance. But this definitely went to show that when you have somebody in that seat that has no idea how politics work, how damaging it can be. Yeah, like the like the judges issue. Now, um, one reason Republicans were so easy to glom on to Trump is that they felt that if he got elected, they would have a chance to fill the courts. And they did beautifully. They sold their souls to the devil to do it, but they did it. And the big concern among folks uh, the, the past four years with those judge judicial appointments was that if a situation like this did occur, that they're going to repay the favor, so to speak. Um, the thing that I was heartened by, and I think a lesson that I needed I, I needed to see in action, I guess, was the was that you you do need to be concerned about a politician's actions at all point, even if it's somebody from your own party, but you do also need to take a step back and not immediately react. Just because a Republican puts a, a certain judge in a particular position doesn't mean that judge is going to be a mustache twirling villain. That judge, you know, like take a, a Bush's choice for uh, Chief, Just, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts when he was first announced and, you know, put in, into his spot, people were going nuts. However, John Roberts' record, for the most part, has been pretty fair. You, you know, he's, he's sided with both the conservatives and the Republicans on the court. That's all I want in a judge. And in a, in a situation like this, you know, the judges have done the right thing, you know, in, in terms of, you know, making sure these unsubstantiated claims uh, didn't get any further than, you know, what they did. Yeah, and it's like it's been kind of interestingly eye-opening this whole situation because how many of the Republican Party have totally backpedaled the talking points of a fraudulent election? It's like I feel like they kind of now get how dangerous it is to Ooh. sit there and tell people you have been had, you got bamboozled, you actually won, but somebody took something from you and you have the right to take it back. And I think they're now understanding how damaging that has been to the point that it escalated to this. Because, um, yeah, like, this should not have been praised on any fucking yeah. level. Like, I don't condone the violence. Like I'm, And I don't, like, shame anybody who does, by the way. I'm just saying the president of the United States should not be saying you are patriots, should not be saying things like I give you my love, but please go home. No, none of that behavior should have been condoned. If he didn't condone it here in Portland for Black Lives Matters, if the Black Lives Matters protesters were thugs and awful and had it coming, 
don't you back the message the other direction just because you agree with them. That is dangerous. Yes. Um, and I'm glad you brought up the some of the uh, the Republicans that were shook by this. Um, I think Fuck especially. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of shit. I, but I've always hated that rat face. I, I, I can't stand it. Slimy motherfucker. But, just, um, yeah, anyway, I thought like Chris Christie yeah. was at least funny. To, just Cruz is awful. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, Cruz. He triggers no. me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trigger warning folks um no i was thinking of uh the uh kelly loft senator kelly loffler who lost her election in georgia um i i did happen to see her speech after congress reconvened um she was initially going to contest the results in georgia but then you know one of her in her speech she ultimately said in good conscience she could no longer go through with that and just how she delivered that um she she has a lot of things to be ashamed of in terms of her insider trading um, and COVID-19 denialism yeah. uh, while, while making money off of that. But I she hope let the people speak and she let that be respected instead of saying, nope, I'm going to dig. I'm going to dig. and I'm going to find fraud, even though I have no real reason to believe that there was fraud because nobody's been able to present any actual factual proof that there has been fraud. Like, and if, yeah. if there were if there were the courts that are most for the most part stacked with Republican judges would have been happy to hear those cases. We're not going to give Republicans an extra 10 days just because, you know, um, and, and, and that's the thing, too, in terms of uh, two things I want to bring up about one, the election. Uh, you know, we got to trust in our institutions and um, while we should always be skeptical and constantly be vigilant to make sure things are going well. Uh, you know, we've been going for 244 years now, and I think in terms of election security, we're showing that we're doing okay. Um, the past four years, yeah, we've been influenced by Russia and whatnot, but, you know, in terms of officially having voter fraud on the scale that they're that they're accusing, no, it, that's not logical. It did not happen, especially in like, – they're saying it's happening in Republican states too, which – how can you contest that but say you, your election was just fine? Right. You, know, you should be that's, challenging that's, everything like, and everybody. Again, it's the dangerous slippery slopes. Like either trust the institution or don't. Either prepare for it beforehand or don't complain how it ends up. Like that was to me the funniest part was, you know, they sat there and all the professionals are saying this is the most secured election that we've had. And a big part of that, come on. If, if I run a deli, if we've got the Reverend Tracy's deli, right, and you, mm. Tim, start talking about, I'm going to go to this deli next month, and if I go to this deli and I get salmonella, it's that deli's fault. I know it's going to be that deli. You know I'm going to be probably already was already doing the best I could to keep everything clean, mind you, but you know I'm going to be on my fucking game that entire week that I expect you to be there. Right. So you had this person saying, Remember, if I don't win, it's rigged. If I don't win, it's fraud. If I don't win, which is the other red flag there, right? Like if you're <laughs> – that's not the proper test there for that. Like you not winning is not good enough to be – it's got to be rigged. Mm-hmm. That's not the proper – the litany litany test, I think is that the term that I'm thinking of. But trying to use – yeah, thank you. It's like that's not yeah. the proper test for that. Um, yeah, so it turns out when they, when he kept repeating this narrative and preparing this narrative months in advance, people got ready. 
Like they knew the challenges they were going to have. They knew they were going to have problems getting people like to volunteer this year because of the concerns with COVID. So they did the best they could to at least make sure everything on the fraud level and getting things done and getting things counted as quickly and reasonably as they could got done. Mm-hmm. Now, did I think it was bullshit that they waited to count all of the mail-in stuff till the end and somehow feel the need to use that as like, see, this proves fraud? I'm like, no, it proves that way more Democrats mailed in their vote, which was more likely to happen that way because think of where the divide was. It's called People, math. Math is a yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, wait a second. When you count all the Democratic districts, they pull ahead? Like... <laughs> Like, that's basically what that was. It was like saving all of, like, traditionally blue districts for the end. They just Mm. did it by means of mail-in because they were really hoping to negate some of that. But that's stuff that they would have had to have decided before the voting day. So at that point, it was mute. Like, it was a moot point, and they could have gone ahead and, like, done it differently. But it panned out the way it did. It doesn't matter. Joe Biden won. He also won the popular vote. And that's where I get confused as far as what are you protesting right now? They're uh, yeah, they're not uh, they're not American. This is not an American thing. They're they're not protesters. One, Um, two, the thing that they're fighting against is the thing that they're supporting, which is weird. You know, they want to defend the Constitution by making sure that people's constitutional right to vote doesn't matter all yeah. to keep one person in power i mean it, it, it uh, people are not making sense here uh and and that's the scary thing going forward because you know we got this under control but you know i i from everything i've read it sounds like these people consider what happened yesterday a major victory and if people consider this a major victory yeah. they're going to try for something bigger you know what's going to happen next yeah, and I think that's why they're talking about uh, possibly using the 25th or, uh, yeah, like, I I don't know. I'm kind of of the stance of it's just 13 more days. Can we just please have people on the ready to escort his ass out of the building? I don't want any more controversy. It is 13 more days. Don't give him any more attention. Ride it out and get him out the door. Like, I, I get it. Like, they're like, oh, we should try to impeach again. It's 13 days. But... It's it's not about I mean, there has to be some form of punishment to this, you know, even if it's only 13 days. Yeah. One, the argument could be had that, you know, it could be said that because he, you know, openly did this, what else could he try? You know, 13 days, a lot can happen between then, you know, because because a lot of times you hear these these like whispers of the president supposedly said this and the president supposedly said that. And then it turns out to be true. One of those things that they were talking about is that the president was discussing the insurrection act and what's the time to use an insurrection if you got a major riot going on you know and just Mm. you know there are it's that you have talk in the new york times today that the president has floated the idea out there that he now wants to pardon himself yeah because he can't like you know throw her in jail throw him in jail but please pardon me and my family. Like that was the best meme out of all of it. It was like, throw her in jail, lock her up, lock him up, but not me. And see, and that to me should be the price that he pays. Don't pardon him. 
do not make him actually go and do the time for the shit that I, in my humble opinion, feel this is a whole con to get out of. I like, I don't know. I could totally see like just kind of like bad supervillain level of like, I know how to get out of trouble. I'll become the president of the United States. <laughs> like, yeah. so I'm, I'm all, I am all for not. I know there's a lot of people saying that, you know, he should be pardoned because he's the president. I'm like, see, and I just don't agree with that. Like, normally I'm all for the high road, but not for this one. Like, this one I'm actually like, don't let the con man get what the con man wanted. And, yeah, but yeah this him pulling a... this shit, like, just goes right along with it. Just let him have his karma. And, and this is not a, a Nixon situation either, because Nixon, another bad president, but, you know in the grand scheme of things, take what he did compared to what Trump has done. Did, did Nixon ever encourage a riot, a riotous crowd to attack a, a government building before? No, you know, he just, he just went a little overboard compared to what other presidents before him did. And because of that, after he did leave office, Congress did the right thing by curtailing some, some of those powers that allowed that to happen. There needs to be punishment so that going forward, nobody in any political party, Republican or, De or Democrat, would allow this to happen. And, and for any conservatives out there that could be, be listening and, and, and are, are trying their best to do what about, what about, just ask yourself this. If Barack Obama in 2012 lost the election to Mitt Romney and encouraged his crowd to uh, to do to Congress what Trump did, would you be sitting back and thinking that's okay for the president to do? You would not because nobody should be doing that. This is something every American should be getting in the street and, and making sure that the proper people are punished, including people like Ted Cruz, including that idiot Holly, whatever uh, his first name is. Yeah, Holly Way. Holly, yeah. I forget. I've seen his name pop up more recently. I guess he's chummy with Cruz. And I'm like, I, I don't care. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> like he, well, he was, he was complaining today because his book company, um, because of everything that happened, dropped his book deal. And of course he's complaining that, you know, his first amendment rights were, were affected, you know, because I lost a oh. book deal. And well, uh, he sure does have my thoughts and prayers. Yeah. He might not have my ability to buy his book, which I wouldn't buy it anyway. But uh, he can have all the thoughts and prayers. I've got bonus of those, and he can have loads yeah. of them. Yeah, just but and that's another thing too. I was going to bring up about about the uh, having to do something. Um, if we go the impeachment route, yes, it's only thirteen days. But if we go through that route or the Twenty Fifth Amendment route, then I, if either one of those options, from my understanding, would make it so that in twenty twenty four, Trump would not be able to go, run for office again. And I, you know, in in Republicans. Need if Republicans ever want a chance to move on from this, they need to take advantage of that. You know, this would be one yeah. way. This would be one way. Getting him out of office in the 13 day would be one way for. I I, I could say they saw the destruction of what they did and they realized it was wrong, even though it was the very last minute. At least they made sure it wasn't happening again. They and, need to save some face really hardcore if they want to be taken as a serious party because I had a really hard time with them that they let this happen in the first place. That's mm -hmm. where, you know, talk shit all you want about the Democrats and that they didn't let – that Bernie didn't go through. To be fair, they did their job. 
Bernie wasn't a Democrat. Come on, he flipped right back to independent. He flip-flopped again when he started running again this time. But I think it really highlighted, like, that really it is two parties. Like, that was, I, I think it served its purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think the Democratic Party, in a way, did what they should have done. They didn't want a non-Democrat on their Democrat ticket. They wanted a Democrat on there. Now, why the GOP did not see that this was a problem back in 2016 is fucking beyond me they thought well no news is bad news and he gets all the news so that's all good news and he's going to get the votes and he's going to secure a win so they went marketing mentality and i think they learned hardcore how bad that is so i hope they redeem themselves hardcore after this i have hope i i I want it because we've talked about it i i try very hard i i want it to be a struggle for me to choose who to vote between and that just has not been the case in a long time and i'm ready for that world again that's uh, I'm glad you brought that up too because another face that I was fascinated in seeing and how he reacted was Mitch McConnell. And after uh, the Senate came back, there was a different tone in how he spoke. And interesting enough, today the head of the Department of Transportation, Elaine Cho, Mitch McConnell's wife, put in her resignation effective Monday. Interesting that she did that with all of this talk about the 25th Amendment in play, because if she's still in, she's still there until Monday, they, you know, then they they would still be able to utilize her for a 25th Amendment thing if they have to go that route. So um, it's, you know, as, (coughs) excuse me, as we record this, it is going to be an historic couple weeks to to be sure um yeah and yeah it's 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 i'm gonna be <laughs> continue to be glued on the news just like everybody else in the world because uh, the, the, it, as people on twitter had it right do i want to trust nuclear codes to somebody that's been banned from twitter and facebook do i really <laughs> want to trust the nuclear codes with somebody like that yeah. no uh, you know and and uh just we got to move on from this, but people need to, the, the the people that encourage this need to need to realize that there are consequences to their actions. So what I want to see going forward is I don't want. Well, I think we need to to work with Republicans like a Mitt Romney, the adults in the room. Democrats can't do what they did during the Obama administration in terms of trying to continue to reach out and reach out to people that just don't want to work with you. You know, yeah. they need they for, we got two years at minimum to try to make some positive change. And I think, you know, you're going to hear a lot of a lot of hemming and hauling from the Republicans they are already doing it now talking about their deficit hawks again, because the Democrats uh, back in office has to has to clean up a re- another Republicans mess and the Republicans are back to being deficit hawks. And we we as progressives, as people that, not even as progressives, not even as Democrats, but as an American citizen, seeing the actions of these people, we can't ever not be vigilant. Yeah. Anybody that helped support this in any way, shape, or form needs to be challenged at every turn until all of them are out. Now, that does not mean that I'm not implying that there will ever be a time to where Congress will all be Democrat. I'm not saying that. There will be good, honest Republicans out there that I will never agree with on anything, but will still work, you know, you know, 
compromise and all that stuff. That's not too much to ask for. We've done it before. We can do it again. Um, you know, it's just wow. We yeah. we can't we can't ever let get things get this bad again. And my fear is that it's going to get worse. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, you know, those Senate seats tipping over. It's it's going to be a very interesting time because uh, mm-hmm. now we actually do have the blue wave for at least the two years. Now, because the numbers are so close, we could lose that blue wave in that two-year time. You know, like I mentioned before, I'm not anticipating like a lot of drastic change, but some things that I'm looking forward to is I think that this actually means that we're going to address the student debt crisis. I think this actually means that we're going to look at like some of our international you know, trade and how we do business and like some of the green stuff with like our environment because we should really care about that. Um, And there's actually, by the way, there's people from Charles Schwab and people talking in the financial and, you know, professionals in economic um, analysis that are saying that a blue wave actually might be really good for us right now. Like considering everything over this last year, and this is like articles from back in October. So this isn't like, yay, we got it. Now here's all of it sounding good. Right. These are people saying, like, hey, if it goes this way in November, it actually could be a really good thing. Like, people get worried about, like, the deficit hawking when really there's a lot of stuff they support that could really help. Like, really there's a lot of, sure, they, they don't want to put as much in coal, but they do want to put more in other renewable energy sources, which will open up other jobs and will open up routes by means of transferable skills. Like, Nobody's talking about, like, putting anybody on their ass for work entirely, but that's often what gets associated with, like, a blue wave, is spending a lot of money, losing a lot of jobs because they want to kill coal. But it's like, okay, yeah, but you're forgetting there's this other part of that equation that they also want. And it's like, I don't know why nobody talks about that. Um, yeah, or, apparently... or talk or talk to the people in that region, apparently. I mean, think of that documentary, Hillbilly. I mean, a lot of the problem of 2016 was that Hillary Clinton was just not receptive to those people and their concerns. Yeah. She, she, she dismissed them pretty much outright um, just with the, well, you have to grow up. And a guy working a nine-to-five job at a mine – you know, who didn't go to college, maybe he's lucky to have a high school degree, and this is going to be his only shot at anything anything close to having a reasonable life for him and his family, I, I'd probably vote Republican, too, at that point. If, if I, I get it, yeah, and there's a lot of understanding there, and it's like, but if there was more understanding and more put out there for the transferable skills and having these programs that actually help place people in jobs and situations like this, like... I do wish a lot of that was better explained, but maybe maybe with all the changes, it'll just kind of be that push in those directions so that we see some of those programs come out and hopefully more understanding around this. I, I, I choose to be excited. I choose to look forward to this and, and hope that things are kind of going to go in a brighter direction. I'm going to be positive. I have not completely drank the, I'm a Democrat, Kool-Aid. I'm not saying it's all going to be great and shits and gigs. But, hey, you know what? Maybe we can stop this federal ban on marijuana. Maybe we can actually do something about, like, some of these bigger problems that we are having. And D.C. statehood after, you know, what we've seen the past two days and then hearing uh, the mayor of D.C. talking about the, the, you know, essentially the handcuffs that are on D.C. officials when something like this occurs. Um, Because that's another thing, too. I mean, word has already come out that, um, you know, the White House intentionally sat on their hands and could have called in the National Guard a lot quicker than they did. 
that's another reason why punishment needs to be coming fast and severe yeah. uh, to these people. But if DC was an actual state, they would have had a lot more uh, a lot more freedom to be able to call in that extra help to uh, get things to you know settle down a lot quicker than what it was. But there's so much that could be done for COVID relief too. I mean, think about you know we've only had a $1,200 payment and a $600 uh, oh, you know God, stimulus yeah. thing. Uh, there's a good chance now we're looking at you know at, at least one additional check of two thousand. Yeah. Hopefully something a little more added on because people need that. We need more protections for um, people that are getting kicked out, as well as protections for the landlords as well for businesses. Yeah. You know, the, uh, everybody needs protection at this particular yeah. point. I, I mostly my big wish list for the, temp, the at least the little bit of a blue wave that we have coming is that they forgive student loan debt because that would be a big sigh of relief. There's like, I mean, they immediately pushed me off again until the end of January. And I think a lot of that was waiting to see how these elections were going to come out, because that is such a hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. And it would be the easiest thing just to be like, well, we've already identified them because we put them all on hold. Right. So it would be such a quick way to help a lot of people very fast. Um, another thing I could anticipate is actually seeing more economic stimulus checks or by some means of some form of tax credit come through um, because we are early enough in the year that if they can't cut checks, they might at least be able to do something like a tax credit as people roll into filing their taxes. Right. So I'm hoping something shakes out to kind of help out the American people a little bit more that also helps businesses in a way. It's been gutting to see so many businesses go under because our government has essentially picked and chosen who's going to survive this instead of boosting the economy and helping the individual and letting us spend money at our local grocery stores at our local eateries at our local businesses they picked and that's fucked in the head in my opinion yeah yeah but but anyway yeah (laughs) so stay tuned folks because us staying topical is probably going to be on this again like probably within the next few weeks we'll be talking more about politics sorry yeah with with the united states teetering on you know non-existence you know we're gonna talk about it at least one more time this year (laughs) we're at least gonna end up talking i'm sure the transition is gonna be interesting because all joking aside uh there's gonna be a lot of people on the edge of their seat either watching what Trump himself is going to do or what Trump's followers are going to do. I wouldn't be surprised at all. It sounds like he got a little little slap on the wrist from Twitter and Facebook. And by all means, I hope they find an excuse to keep him quiet. Facebook so did permanently ban him. Facebook permanently banned him. Oh, I didn't know Facebook permanently banned him. See, I'm, I'm behind on my, my Donald <laughs> news. Because, see, I'm trying to get cool with calling him Donald and Trump again. Because I, I don't want to call him. Not, not after that. I, I don't think he deserves the title. Like I, I um, already was like, I felt like I had to stuff it and deal with it. But now I'm like, no, after, after that, I just can't, I don't that like, I definitely in the whole, not my president realm. Yeah. I mean, it's like, w- would you want to call a doctor that intentionally screwed up surgeries and killed people a doctor after that? No, no. he's not a doctor. He, he, he took his oath and took a big shit on it. And, you know, went and that's from there. what I feel like he did last night. Yeah. Not, not even George W. Bush did this. Richard Nixon didn't even do this. Richard Nixon at the, you know, fought and was belligerent, but he did come to a point where he said, yeah, it's time for me to go for the sake of the country. That is more honorable than what we are seeing in the White House right now with this coward. Our capital hasn't been breached since the 1800s. The 1800s. 
and this motherfucker says one thing. <laughs> and yeah, so no, I just, I just, all joking aside. Um, yeah. yeah he's, he's Trump. He's, he's Donald. He's the Don. And he's doing what the Don does, which he is being a reality show host until the minute he's cut from air. So I'm excited that it's good to know about Facebook. I hope Twitter keeps him quiet because, yeah, they have their own rules and stuff. And I know they pulled a lot of stuff and YouTube pulled the, the, the video that he did because of the claims of, you know, fraudulent voting, whatever. So it was a landslide. I, I hope that this that he could just disappear quietly into the night and just be arrested. And just one day he's not on the news constantly anymore. I'm tired yeah. of it. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to a slightly more fun topic here. And that's a new Netflix show, The History of Swear Words, uh, hosted by one of the most esteemed actors of the last uh, 500 years, one Nicolas Cage. <laughs> um, oh, Nick yeah um i won't go into the show too much because frankly the show doesn't have much to it sadly um uh, you know some of the good aspects nicholas cage himself so you know i i, I mean apparently he filmed all of his spots in one day and they they must have just told him be your public persona times a hundred because that's how he ended up presenting it. Um, but um, there was some good aspects to the show. I did love the educators that were on that talked about the etymology of, of these words. But for the most part, one, the episodes were like 20 minutes long at best. And two, it, it felt like those old VH1 shows, like I Love the 80s, which are fine. But an I Love the 80s show is more frivolous, more something you have on in the background just for background noise type of deal and doesn't try to present itself as an educational type of thing. And I was I, I was expecting more of that. And I, I just wish that they left more of the humor to Nicolas Cage and let the experts, you know, do their job because you had some interesting people talking about the history of these words, but they just cut more often to comedians like Nikki Glazer, who was annoying as fuck. Um, Sarah Silverman. They can't be. I feel like both of those, uh, yeah, those names, as much as I want to like support all of the female com- comedians, like there's so much funny because when we talk about Big Mouth later, there's a name yeah. that I'll bring up. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, um, the Nikki Glazer was, I don't know. It's just like I'm edgy because I say pussy. Ooh, you know, stop it. You know, just. But what I wanted to do is we'll go through a list of the six words that they discussed and just you know talk about them for a bit. Like the first episode was about fuck. What a word. What a word that, that that can mean so much. I mean, it, it can describe an action. It can be used to emphasis as an emphasis type of deal. Um, it's, it's there's so much you can do with fuck. And you know, th- anyway, th- what, do you have any funny stories about the word fuck? Oh my god. I mean, probably. I I, I mean, <laughs> I guess I could have used to think about this a little bit much because what stinks is I was supposed to watch this last night. And then yeah. all of this stuff happened. Um, but yeah, fuck. It's just, fuck is a really good word. Fuck is the word. I, I don't know how to quit you, fuck. <laughs> like, every time I tell myself, like, Tracy, you're going to start talking a little bit more like a lady and less like a sailor. And I'm like, fucking A, I am. Shit. You know? <laughs> it's the first word. No, it's, uh, 
I think it's the funniest word to learn. It's the most complex and robust of the words, but I don't know where it comes from. Um, and I, I'm sure there was a point where I said it in front of my mom and it was a bad thing. I probably got punished, but I don't remember. Uh, my mother was hypocritical in a lot of ways. Um, when, excuse me, I, it was in my twenties. I went over to her place one time and, you know, I, I, I mean, you've heard me, you know, I curse a lot and, you know, I, I got into her place and, you know, talking and I swore and, you know, without any sense of irony, she yelled and said, don't you swear in my fucking house. Mom, you know, that's, you know, and, and yeah, just, I don't know, just, I remember as a kid too, you know, when I, I would, I never said it to my mother until I was like well past an adult because my mother could scream and I didn't want to deal with that. But, you know, when it was just me and my sister at home or, you know, me with my friends with no adults around, oh, it was great being in fifth grade saying fuck, you know. And Oh, yes. Just yeah. the, the power, the absolute power yeah. of being able to cuss and say these words that aren't allowed. And see, like, that's a little bit of my raising was a little different too because culturally speaking, uh, cursing in Germany, for example, like kind of different, handled different there. So uh-huh. I had a little bit of that because my dad was first generation American. Um, well, actually, no, I'm first generation American because my dad wasn't born here. He was born in Germany. So we had a little bit of that, like, you could cuss at home, but don't you do it in front of any adults outside of the house. And <laughs> you better not be using those words in a terse way at all. Like, it's a little bit more on the intention of the word than, like, there's bad words. So I think it just depends on, like, culturally what influenced your house more. Do you yeah. have a, there are bad words or you use words in a bad way? Like, we're, we're very much the, you can use any word and it be nasty like, just because it's not fuck doesn't mean you're not saying it with that stank on it. Like, screw you is just as bad. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I know with my kids, I, you know, I let them curse around me. And one, I thought it was funny. But two, I, 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 to me, when it comes to kids, I think the importance isn't to teach them not to curse. The importance is to teach them the appropriate times when it's okay. You know, yeah. um, the sh- one thing the show brought up, too, is that, you know, scientists have have determined that, you know, swear words actually kind of are important because even people that don't say fuck, but say fudge, uh, they're they're still util- utilizing the part of the brain that, you know, is, is using that as a swear. And yeah. it, it's important to have, you know, some sort of loud exclamation like that, even if you're making up a word. But um, the, another word they, they talked about was shit. And it was interesting that when they talked about it and, and a number of these other words, too, in a lot of ways, it was kind of uh, it, 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 it's a lot of ways. The, the, some of the conversations they had about this were similar to what you hear about, like hip hop artists using the N word in terms of being able to reclaim it in a way, you know, like in terms of shit, the, what the example the, that they brought up is that how it's changed in a lot of ways, the meaning of it when you have people say, I'm the shit, you know, it, it, they're not saying that they're a literal piece of feces, you know, they're saying they're the best at what they do and whatnot. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting how words can, you know, kind of morph like that. Well, they do evolve. It's like, look at gay. Gay evolved. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's probably wasn't covered as a curse word, I'm sure, but yeah. I know I got in trouble in English class for saying something was queer because she thought that I was being rude and I was being a smartass 
because I looked up queer in the dictionary and it just meant like just uh, weird and off. Like I forget it was something about being off routine because she said that we were having a quiz today instead of Friday. And I went, that's queer. And I really <laughs> genuinely meant it like, oh, that's strange. So I thought it was cool that it had another meaning. And I thought my English teacher would get that. But instead, I got asked to go to the principal's office. So <laughs> OK, that's a little intense. I mean, it's just the evolution of words, though. Like, there, there's queer wasn't invented to be a slur, um, but just like shit is not always going to be bad. Fuck is not always like it used. There's times where it's worse and not worse depending on just culturally, I mm -hmm. guess. And I, I could see that being a point made in the show. Yeah, um, three other words that they uh, that they talked about. Um, I'm gonna kind of kind of group these together because um, I feel you'll you'll know why when I bring it up. But uh, three words that they mentioned are kind of interconnected: are bitch, dick, and pussy. And again, the the you know especially for something like bitch, um, they they talked about how you know women for years upon years upon years have had that word leveled at them um anytime they dare you know speak up in the slightest way you know oh she's a bitch you know i mean like like you know martha yeah. like martha stewart you know gets it constantly whereas a comparable ceo um in another company that does the same thing who happens to be male is not going to be called that he's going to be an inventive businessman or something like that you know and how but uh, on the flip side, too, again, with something like bitch or dick or pussy or something like that, you know, you have people that are reclaiming it, you know, kind of like like one of the female comics was talking about how, you know, I, I got no problem when, when a friend of mine, you know, calls me a bitch. We call each other bitch all the time. But it's if a man called me. Yeah. But, if a, yeah. but if a man called me a bitch someone's getting cut type of deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like and i i get some of the the power to that i just i don't know i never got behind the sup bitch like <laughs> i thought it was funny to say yes queen but uh like i didn't own it as part of my my everyday i just you know just yes queen every now and then but um yeah i don't call people bitch i <laughs> i try to like not go that way not that anybody's bad for doing it you use words to your comfort level i'm super behind the intention just don't call me a bitch and mean it in a bad way if you do call me a bitch i'll try to gauge it against every other part of your body language to be like now are you being a bitch or are you being a bitch like <laughs> like what's going on i'm gonna try to interpret and understand how this human's trying to interact with me yeah well the last one they brought up um, they even mention it in the show. Um, this word it, is like falling off the list of swear words. People don't necessarily consider this much of a swear word anymore, but it's damn. Yeah, I could see that. That doesn't surprise me. Damn has kind of been less condemned over mm. over the time. I remember damn being a much bigger deal when I was a kid because that was the that was close to taking the the name the Lord's name in vain because. The way it was explained to me as a child, the reason why damn was such a bad word was because, you know, especially goddamn, like, oh, my gosh, don't you dare couple it with God. That's the worst. If you say damn, that's bad. But saying GD it is badder than bad. But um, it was that you're commanding God to damn something. Uh, and that's what I remember being told. So I do at least have a memory about damn. <laughs> and now that we now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't seem like such a big deal anymore to say damn. 
Um, but yeah, because I guess maybe because it's so close to condemned, like it's just already so close to another word. Maybe that was just the baby step it needed. But yeah, uh, yeah uh, the whole idea of like you don't tell God what to damn, and that's why damn was bad. <laughs> yeah, these are the people that are out judging left and right. Anyway, that's a different story for uh-huh. a different day. But um, yeah, again, like I mentioned, and if you do catch it, you'll probably agree with me. I wish there was a lot more meat on the bones here because, you know, I, I think you can have an educational and funny, you know, um, actual discussion about the, you know, roots of these words. And, you know, words do matter. And I I, I was disappointed that they kind of, it was a lot more of a fluff piece than it was originally presented to be. But um, uh, having said that, to be clear, that doesn't mean it's it's not going to be worth your time. You'll still get entertained, even if it's just uh, laughing at Nicolas Cage, uh, doing what Nicolas Cage does best. And it makes me think, too, why hasn't he, of all people, gotten, like, a cable TV show? Why isn't he doing, like, something on HBO or something like that? Um, you know, he's – I mean, he's not, like, an A-list celebrity anymore, but he still has enough cachet. And, you know, he is a good actor that, you know, why isn't he, like, on a new season of Fargo or True Detective or something like that? You know, he, he deserves better than uh, a red box action movie. You know? See, and it's funny because I used to have this joke about Nicolas Cage that it was just like, I had this whole theory. It's like, movies neither succeed nor tank due to him. He's just in things. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's ever really made or broken a movie. So it's like, it's funny to hear, like, yeah, everybody knows his name, but it's like, is he that great of an actor? Like, he's he's okay. I don't know if he's like, that great but i do think Uh, it's funny like i do think he is funny he is amusing and i enjoy him i personally uh enjoy him but like i don't think he's actually considered that great of an actor (laughs) and that to me makes him funnier to me yeah i mean i I, i've seen him enough and if you watch leaving las vegas i mean he won an oscar for that so um and i I know that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things because there have been other people that that have won it that don't deserve it at all and we have a kitty appearance (laughs) oh every time yeah she's always up here because i I sit on the ground because random nerd fact for people who give a shit like we don't have a couch like i we're all (laughs) we're floor people over here for paleo movements it's part of the nerdy thing we do passively to stay in good shape all right. Yeah, we have couches and so, office yep. chairs here. So. <laughs> not me, I'm fucking heathen. We have a pub table. That is where we eat some food sometimes, but our living room does not have a couch. It throws a lot of people off. And I'm like, meh, but it's good for my knees. So. Uh, and good for packing, too. A lot less things to move. But, oh, uh, yes. yeah, anyway, I think that will uh, kind of wrap things up for this week. Yeah. Unless you have anything else you want to bring up. Oh, no, let's see. I, I talked endlessly about the Rocket Book. Uh you know, if you have any questions, you can forward them to my Twitter or my Facebook. <laughs> or yep. you can just look it up yourself. There's a lot of videos. Um, got fine. Oh, I don't know if I got to mention, like, I am starting Star Wars. So if people out there were that bothered by me saying that I haven't seen them, I have now seen episodes one, two, and three. And, uh, yeah, we covered the big deal with last night. And I think we did cover all of the things that we wanted to cover. Episode two is the worst, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think that was pretty bad. Like, it, I couldn't... I, so a real gauge of how bad Tracy thinks a movie is is if Tracy can't tell you anything that happened in it. <laughs> because that means my brain went, 
I'm just going to save space and delete that shit because there's movies that I can swear that I didn't see. And then I'll sit down and start watching. It was like, oh, I've seen this fucking movie. It was bad. Like, I don't even remember how it ended. I just know that it was bad. And then I'll yeah. watch it like, yeah, it was bad. It was bad the second time, too. I'll, I'll send you the links, but uh, you should also watch uh, from Red Letter Media the Mr. Plinkett reviews. I may have even shown them to you a long time ago, but uh, yeah, they're they're uh, they're funny. They're dark funny because the character because the guy who's doing it is playing a character by the name of Mr. Plinkett, who um, was a Titanic survivor in his 40s, but he's like 120 now and a serial killer, and loves making YouTube reviews about Star Wars movies. Oh, okay. And like episode, the episode one, uh, the Phantom Menace uh, episode starts off with Star Wars. The Phantom Menace is the worst thing since my son. And unlike my son who killed himself in a gas station bathroom, this movie's going to go on forever. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Interesting, stuff, interesting uh, times. But it's like it's kind of interesting because you're seeing why like people kind of freaked out about certain casting choices because, you know, I've now seen Django Fett and I'm like, oh, I understand now. That's yeah. why. <laughs> and there's what? little Boba Fett. That was him. And then he watched his dad die. And I'm like, oh, OK. Clone daddy. Oh, and that's that's you know what the good uh, that the Mandalorian has done. I mean, kind of make it's. I, I love having those callbacks. It doesn't make episode two good, but it's nice, you know. It, oh, Mando, that's a thing, yay! You know? yeah. But all right, we will wrap it up. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Later. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.